What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hi, everyone on the internet. My name is Soren Bryce. And this song is called Blind Spot, and we're in beautiful Columbus, Mississippi at Sunstroke House.
Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right, and this is your host, Alan, and welcome to another episode of Porch Talk. All right, so where'd you grow up and what was it like? I grew up in a place called Amarillo, Texas, which is pretty similar to Columbus in a way. It's a bit bigger, but it's okay. like still very small and like conservative and a lot of religion. Yeah. Um, but I lived there for the first six, 16 years of my life, and then I moved to L.A. as a teenager, and then moved to New York after high school. So, And now I live in Nashville, so I kind of move around a lot. <laughs> so when did you start playing music? Um, I guess technically, music-wise, I started playing in fifth grade. I played violin, okay. and I was really serious in it, and I wanted to go to college for it, and I was looking at colleges for it. And then I changed my mind my senior year of high school because <laughs> um, I started writing actual music for myself when I was a sophomore in high school. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of just made sense to me to not go to school and just keep doing it. And yeah, so I guess it's been about six years now. Cool. And so when, when you started writing, uh, how, what did that look like? 16, 17 years old and... Yeah, I would say... Still in L.A.? I was in, yeah, well, I think I was still going back and forth between L.A. and, and Amarillo, uh, but I did my first EP that never came out in my hometown, and then with these guys that were so nice, they just, like, offered to do it for free. There's mm -hmm. only one studio in Amarillo, so I know everyone <laughs> that works yeah. there, and now my, it's not the same guy that owns it, but my other friend now owns it as well. It's called Animal Kingdom. And then I started releasing music when I was 18, because I signed a deal but it was all songs that I had written since I was like 16, 17. Mm -hmm. That came out. But I signed a record deal and did, a, did an EP with them. And then I just put out my last record independently because I am no longer on the label anymore. But Yeah. Yeah, so now I'm doing a new new thing, which is fun. With the band? Yeah. And so how long have y'all been playing together now? We've, all of us together have been playing, I want to say just like six months or something. Did you make them in Nashville? Yeah, I, well, so Austin is my guitar player, and he also helped me co-produce the new record, okay. and we kind of do a lot of stuff together, and then the other guys I met on Craigslist, because I posted that I really wanted to be, like, in a band that was more friends and less, like, I'm paying you to be here type mm -hmm. situation, because that's kind of what I did for a long time, because I was always just by myself, and so if I ever played shows, I would just pay other people to play but it was always changing and it never felt like camaraderie mm -hmm. and friendship which is like what a band should be so <laughs> yeah. so um i i posted on craigslist and they just reached out to me and they were like we're interested and we did a tour together this fall and it went really well and i'm glad that i met them because and so the new album were they on it um no unfortunately so we started doing the new record while i was still in new york so the people that ended up playing live drums were like the band that I had there. Okay. Which are also good friends of mine. They just they're they're like for hire musicians and not necessarily like we're DIY down to sleep on floors like these guys are. These right. guys would sleep in the rain just to be on the road, which is what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool that uh, y'all are here in Columbus at the Sunstroke. Yeah, I love <laughs> this venue. It's my favorite venue I think I played last year. We, I was on a tour with this guy, Darwin Dees. I don't know if you know who that is, but okay. um, we did a solo house show tour together, and we, this was our favorite venue. We both agree. <laughs> That's awesome. 
It was. It's the first time that I had been to a venue like this. Oh, really? Like a month ago, I came in to meet Jamie. Oh, okay. And I didn't. I didn't know that this was a thing. Yeah, I didn't. It's funny with house show tours. You never know what to expect because most of the time it's just like someone who has rich parents and they're just paying. Like, because we ask for a little bit of money, and mm-hmm. um, usually it's just like kids who are like really big fans, which is really cool. But they just have their parents like pay the two hundred dollar fee for us to like come and play. And it's just, like, a weird, like, party with a bunch of, like, 18-year-olds most of the time. Yeah. Or it'll be, like, just very awkward and there's no one there. Or th- And then, so that's why this venue was so great because we got here after we had just played in, I think we had just played in Charleston or something, another really good house show that we played. And then we were like, dang, how are we going to beat this? How are we going to beat this in the middle of Mississippi, like, in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. And it was just the best experience. And Jamie's just such a special person. I think that's what makes it so great is her and her, everything she gives to everyone. Yeah, yeah. she got a big heart. She does. I don't even know how she manages her life and her schedule. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, I'm, I'm so blown away how this comes together and how I know. it happens. It's just you have to be passionate about it, and she is. And that's why places like this can thrive and exist. And more places should. It's just people don't care enough to, like, put in the time and effort and free energy. Mm-hmm. And so with, um, with your songwriting and um, fleshing all that out, where's the inspiration and all that come from? Just different places? Just depends? Yeah, it's kind of changed over the years. It started When I first started writing, I felt like I would never stop writing. Like, I just could, It was almost like I had found this thing to be expelled from me. Yeah. And now that doesn't happen as much. Like, now I probably write a 20th of what I used to write. But at the beginning, it was very, like, folk, introspective, singer-songwriter, like, definitely, like, songs from a diary-type deal. Mm -hmm. And then when I did my record with the label, it was more, like, I don't want to say existential, but it was, like, starting to, like, branch outside of myself and, like, look at other people's lives and other perspectives. Mm -hmm. And now the new stuff is more, like, this is everything I've learned. This is what I've got so far. This is what I have to say, I guess. Um, And I'm a bit angry about it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so so it changes a lot. Now it's mostly my feelings. Yeah, you're independent. You can do what you like, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been great being independent. So just kind of give me an idea, like, uh, Stick It. What album would that be on? Oh, that was, I think, oh, that was my first EP that I did in 2014. So I was 18, I think. Yeah, it was a killer song. <laughs> Thank I you. Like that song. I, like, forget about them. Do you? <laughs> I'm just so focused on, like, the next thing that I know. Like, it, which kind of sucks because sometimes I'll go to shows where I do have fans that come and they're like, play Newport. And I'm like, but I have all this new stuff I want to yeah. show you. But I end, I always end up playing Newport yeah. anyway. The first video I saw of you was the Jam in the Van Newport. Oh, okay, really? Yeah. That was my that was my favorite song of yours for a while, and then I get to listen to more of your stuff. It like, seems like that's a, a lot of people resonate with that song, which makes me really happy. And I always... It, so when did you write that one? I wrote that when I was 16. No, 17. Okay. I, I, it was after a prom. Okay. <laughs> I was, like, still dressed for prom. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anytime anyone, like, shouts it, I'm like, I'll play it. Okay. <laughs> but it's just so old to me now. Yeah. yeah. It's been, like, four or five years now. Yeah. Which doesn't, which isn't really that old for, like, an album cycle, but just with the way my brain works, I'm, like, always work- moving yeah. forward. And so, Silophane, is that the new album? Yeah. But see, even that album feels so old to me because I finished <laughs> it when I was 19 and it just got delayed. Like, the release was supposed to be in 2016. Oh, okay. And, um... 
just got delayed because I was on the label still. And um, it wasn't necessarily their fault. It was just like no one could really get moving parts in the right order. Yeah. So when when I got they got absolved by like a bigger company, mm-hmm. I asked if I could just be independent and they were they were totally cool and like gave me my album back and everything. So then I just put it out by myself. But that was like two years after I had finished it. So how so. does that process work? Just putting it out on your own and it's not too difficult. Work. You just kind of you sign you sign up for any sort of like TuneCore or I use Disc. I can't remember. There's two websites. Both are music websites. One's called Disco and one is called Ditto. And one of them is a, a licensing one, and one is for like music professionals to use. And I can't remember. I think it's Disco. Okay. But it's just like a licensing platform. So you can go in, you log on, you pay the fee to have everything put on iTunes and Spotify and everything. Mm -hmm. And then you put in all your, um, like, royalty information so that you get all of the, like, royalties. Whenever people stream it or whatever, you would get money for that. Mm -hmm. So it's not too hard. That's why so many people do it now. DIY. Yeah. And so with this tour, this is your first stop, right? Uh, Yeah, this is kind of just like a mini run of out-of-town shows. It's a four-on stop, right? Yeah, just to get back into the groove of everything. And we couldn't really, I think we're trying to add a Chicago date after our Iowa date, but it was more so just happened to be where everyone that I knew that I love that books venues happened to reach out to me and ask me if I wanted to come. So the place we're playing in Iowa is another guy that I really love. His name is Sean Moeller and he used to run Day Trotter. Okay. Um, But now he has his own thing. He like sold Day Trotter to Paste Magazine. And And so like, well, that a venue in Iowa, is it kind of like a house sitting too no that one is like multiple venues he but he's been doing it for so long he he's basically the only person in davenport that like does anything like that so he used to have day trotter and then he had day trotter the venue which is like its own building with Mm -hmm. the studio and everything and then he sold that he bought this place turned it into a, a place called uh triple crown whiskey raccoon motel uh that's where we're playing and then he has another barn that's like a barn that he turned into a venue and he has a festival. He has, like, multiple festivals throughout the year. He's in, like, another person that I, like, don't understand how they do everything that they do. Mm-hmm. But anytime he asks me to do something, I'm just like, yes, because I just know he cares about music. And he cares about, like, taking care of bands. And he always brings people out. Like, I, every time I've been there, I don't know anyone that lives there, but there's always a packed house. We, like, played a sold-out show there last time. And it's, like, people that I don't know. Like, just, yeah. it's so cool. Because yeah. <laughs> they just trust him. They're, like... Oh, yeah, Sean. He, like, has good taste. We'll go. Yeah. So crazy. And so just, I guess, between the solo touring and now touring with the band, um, just going to a city you've never been to, and uh, is that just, like, people just individually reaching out to you, or they reach out to somebody to get to you, or how does that work? It depends. A lot of the things for this month were people I already knew, so... Mm-hmm. It was easier to set up. They still have to go through my agent, but um, or I have to approve it with my agent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a cool guy, and he like totally understands what it's like to start from ground roots up. So he never is like, no, that's not good enough, or no, yeah. that's not enough money. He's like, yeah, yeah, you should do it. If, yeah, if, it. if it doesn't cost you money to do it, you should do it, because it's a good experience, and it's it makes you happy. And I love traveling, so I... I'm up for this tour right now where I would be playing keys for someone else's band called From Indian Lakes. But it would be like a big tour and they're like opening for Copeland, which I don't know if you know who that band is, but Mm -hmm. I've been a really big fan of that band for a long time. Mm -hmm. Just like an old emo band. But um, I just want to travel. Like, I just want to travel. Like, when he offered it to me, I was like, I want to do it. Like, I want to be gone. I want to be going to new places and playing different venues than I usually do. So 
Yeah, I don't, I, I never really think about the money first, <laughs> which my manager sometimes is like, oh, you gotta take care of yourself, like, make sure you're taking care of yourself, and I gotta take care of the band now, so it's like, now I have things I have to think about, whereas when I was solo and traveling by myself, it was a lot easier to just, like, be like, yeah, I'll do it, it I don't care if I'm suffering, whatever, it's just me, but now I have to make sure that my band is taken care of, so, yeah. more as, responsibility. <laughs> as far as, like, um... Family and friends, are they extremely supportive of the move? Yeah. Like, as far as your music and all? Yeah. My parents are the best. They, I think because they know that in life, you kind of just have to do what makes you happy. My mom used to say, find something you love and figure out a way to get paid for it. Yeah. Which I thought was such good advice because most parents will push you to just, like, do this because you'll make money that way. Go to college. Get yeah, yeah. And... And my brother's doing that, and it was his choice. Like, he wants to do it. He wants to be an engineer. So it's like, they support that because he wants to do that. And they weren't going to force me to go to school if I didn't want to go to school. Um, And they know that I work hard, and they know that I do what I can to make enough money. So I don't think that they have any qualms with me struggling currently. Yeah. (laughs) I got you. All right. You want to break off into another song? Sure. Um... Yeah, I'll play one that I'm playing later tonight, but I'll do. It'll be like an acoustic version, I guess. Great. Yeah, that's it. Um, and this is new stuff too. So, this song is called Hump Day.
watching my last meal from the drain But Song. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That uh, it's an interesting chord progression. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I kind of think I got a weird start because of violin. That when I transitioned to playing everything else that I play, it yeah. was more from like a lead line perspective instead of like learning chords mm -hmm. necessarily. Yeah, I get, I get stuck a lot. Yeah, it's hard if you are trying to like think about. I try to not write music first if I really can't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, I try to, like, maybe write a melody instead and try and find what chords would go under it because that's more natural than just trying to write over chord progression. But most of the time, I do write the music first. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, why did I do this to myself? This music is so weird. <laughs> I, I'm playing a song tonight that's new that we haven't played live yet, and it's one of those songs where it's like, how did, why did I do this to myself? The progression is so weird. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought all that up, because I mean, that's exactly like with songwriting, like with me and other friends I know who write, that is, well, sometimes I can write words out in five minutes. Yeah, it's so but weird. But I don't have a melody. It's almost, <laughs> it's what I could compare to the closest thing you could get to a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. Because it just comes from nothing. And then it's just there. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. And then there'll be times where I come up with something really cool and be like, well, I got nothing to say about it. Yeah, I'll, I try not to push myself now. Like, I'll sit on stuff for months now. Uh, just because I know when I try to force myself to finish something, it just doesn't turn out. I'm not happy with it, and then yeah. I don't use it. And then it's just such a waste of the chords. Because I, like, made this song to it. I've repurposed, like... One of the new songs on the new record is a song I wrote in 2015 mm -hmm. that was a whole other song, and I repurposed the chords and just changed some stuff, and now it's like, now I like it enough to like put it out, so. And I bet with like some of the camaraderie that you get with a band now, it, it brings in other flavors. and. It does. It makes you want, especially once you tour a lot, it makes you want to write things that you know will be fun for people who are listening, mm -hmm. instead of just like, I used to just write like, emotional sad stuff that was like made helped me like made me feel yeah. better but when you go to play that live like what's going to make people pay attention to you especially if you're playing like a crowded bar where no one is listening right you have to like have some songs in your arsenal that will get their attention mm -hmm. so That'll grip them yeah which has been fun <laughs> to like write punk yeah yeah all right so what are some of your favorite bands to listen to i mean i get Radiohead a lot as a reference, which makes sense because I listen to them like quite often. But um, it's funny. I used to listen to a lot more Radiohead, and now I listen to Tommy Works solo stuff. Okay. I have him tattooed on my body. 
<laughs> and I have one of his solo albums on him. So yeah, I'm a really big fan. And I listen to a lot of Pup, which is like a punk band. Okay. Um, I really like Copeland. Um, what else? It's so funny, like anytime someone actually asks you the question, even though like we just listened to music for four hours straight yeah, today. In a car. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. I really like James Blake was one of the first artists that got me into like doing the electronic stuff that I did. Yeah. Uh, David Bazan is a really excellent lyricist. That cellophane was sick. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that song was kind of funny. I actually wrote that song because I was opening for my friend's band called Transviolet, and they're like signed on Epic Records now. They're doing really well. But I was opening for them, and I was like, it'd be fun to try and like do a challenge where I like write a song that's similar to the band I'm opening for to see if I could like hook some of their fans. Mm -hmm. And that's where Salivane came from. Cool. So shout out Transviolet. <laughs> you guys inspired that. There you go. All right, and so um, me and Jamie did this question last time. I've thought it up two or three times since then. It's a fun question. <laughs> Alive or dead, any artist, okay. all time, in concert, who would your three be? Oh, to see? Be. Yeah. Just to watch? Just watch. Cool. Oh, man. Well, I already got to see Robert Plant. That was, like, insane. What? Yeah, I met him. You Get out of here. I met him in a bar in, this shit only happens in New York. I met him in a bar in New York and my manager who used, who used to work at Atlantic, she was like, oh my gosh, Robert Plant, do you remember me? I used to work at Atlantic. And he was like, yes, I do, sweetheart. And then like invited us to the show. He gave us like VIP passes and we like got to meet his band and like talk to him and we went to his show. So like that was already like, I was like, this would never happen again. Like. Iconic. One of my favorite bands. It was it was him and like his new band. Oh, okay. But it was still so good. Yeah. Like he's insane. got one of those iconic voices. Yeah, and he sounds exactly the same. Like he like was singing stuff that I would not expect like a seventy year old man to be able to do. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, that was so, yeah. So besides him, it's like hard to like top that, you know? It's like yeah, it that is. was like an iconic once in a lifetime situation. And that only happens in New York, is like you meet random just people like that. Yeah, I met, like, the guitar player for the Yeah, Yeah, Yes, like, in a bar, and he talked to me for, like, an hour, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm talking to Nick. This yeah. is crazy. Um, but, oh, man. I would love to see Elvis. Okay, yeah. Or uh, Johnny Cash. I, like, since I grew up in Texas, like, I did listen to a lot of classic country. Mm -hmm. So, um, who else? I really like Loretta Lynn. I, like, think mm -hmm. she's a very inspirational person. She is. Great I voice. love that movie, Coal Miner's Daughter. He's like very inspirational. Um, Alanis Morissette is a guilty pleasure. She was at Memphis in May this past year. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. She's sick. I feel like I said more than three. <laughs> That's fine. I think I did five last time. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, once you get rolling, it's easy to think of people. Yeah. I gotta see, uh, I wanna see Radiohead. They're one of the. We just saw them. Are you serious? Where'd you see them at? Me and Austin saw them in New York. We went to Madison Square Garden. That's a good venue to see it. Yeah, it was insane. But I had not slept for two days, so I was so out of it. But I think that made the experience better. <laughs> one of their favorite live performances that they have on YouTube is the Austin City Limit one. Yeah. And, like, a, a lot of my friends who, they just don't get Radiohead. Yeah. They are very polarizing. People either love them or they hate mm -hmm. them. And but... I was like, watch this, 30 minutes of it. If it don't change your mind... I'll never play it again. Oh, yeah. Live, they're so much easier to, like, get because their energy is just insane. And, like, they'll like Creep, but I was like, they don't play Creep. Yeah. And they hate when people ask, mm -hmm. which I love that. 
It's weird just that one song. He's like, I don't want to play that no more. I'm done Tom, with it. Tom's an original punk. <laughs> Whether he knows it or not, he's a punk kid. <laughs> he's have the bleached hair. Yeah. All right, so while you're not on the road and touring or writing, just what's a just a regular day look like? Just in well, Nashville. Well, it used to be more productive when I lived in New York was just crazy, but I got burnt out quite quickly and that's why I had to move because I was just so tired all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like killing myself to make money because it's so expensive there. Totally. Um, so now it's been very slow paced, which is like good for me in the time of my life I'm in right now because I just like, since I graduated high school, it was just like going, 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 never stopped, mm-hmm. never took a break, was touring. Like even when I was home, I was like working on something or working or like, now I just have the freedom. I work like a part-time job still because I just like having a job to just have something to do, have mm-hmm. something to wake up and do mm-hmm. and leave your house because I'm one of those people that like if I end up staying in my house too much, like I will just end up getting sucked into like never leaving. Right. So I like having a job because it makes you get up and leave and then when you come home, you're more appreciative of like being alone and being at home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very slow pace. I like reading a lot. I like seeing my friend. <laughs> What which kind is of cool. Books you read? What kind of books? Yeah. Currently, I'm reading a book called "Tell the Machine Goodnight," which my friend Grant bought me. It's really good. Um, it's very futuristic. Okay. But I read a lot of fiction because I want to. When I read, I want to like decompress. I don't really like want to be studying something mm-hmm. or like reading about something that makes my brain hurt. So I like to read like you know the romance novels and like the young adult fiction. Yeah. Because they're easy to absorb. Kind of like watching like a Lifetime movie, but like you're reading it. Yeah. You feel better about it because you're reading it. Yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of sci-fi and fantasies. Yeah, I like that type of stuff, too. I like playing video games. I really like Skyrim. Okay. And I like Mass Effect. And I really like Rocket League. <laughs> it's, like, addicting. Yeah, Rocket League. I got a hold of that. It was about three weeks. I had to... Uh, I got to get away from that. I know. No, me and Austin, when we were working on the new record, <coughs> every time we wanted to take a break because he has his Xbox in his studio, mm-hmm. we would work, 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 and then we would play Rocket League. And then we'd work, 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 and then we would play Rocket League all night. And that was just, like, our whole, like, two weeks that we worked on the album was that. Yeah. Rocket um, League and music. Rocket League and music. I mean, what else could you ask for? Right. <laughs> um, and we still play all the time. We play probably once every other day. <laughs> That's great. You gotta have your vices. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta have something. <laughs> Mass Effect. Yeah, I love that game. I didn't like two or three. I did like one. Yeah, one is so, I mean, it's just such a beautiful game. Like, the, the, the what is it called? Story. Graphics. Yeah, graphics. Yeah. It, it's so pretty. And I really like story games because it's, like, more things to focus on instead mm-hmm. of just, like, I'm trying to kill as many people as possible. Did you ever beat Skyrim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I found myself in a cave every time. Really? <laughs> I got to legendary status and then I would just, like, kill everyone. Like, I would go into villages and pillage them and just, like, kill... <laughs> I would kill everyone in the village, and then I, my bounty would get to, like, 5,000, and then I would kill all the guards, yeah. and then my bounty would go away because there were no witnesses. Yeah. Then I'd just go to the next village. Ain't and no one to take you to jail, either. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's what I did once I got to legendary status and had nothing else to do with that game. Yeah. And then I played the DLCs. Yeah. Vampires and all Yeah, yeah, the one where you can own a house and have a kid. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I built my house for, like, two weeks. That game is ridiculous. It, so it is a very, like, time-sucking activity to do. So what else is new? Subjects. Uh, hmm. Well, we're changing the name of my project. Okay. But I'm not allowed to say it yet. Okay. Well, that's cool. 
But the new record will be under the different name. Okay, when's that record drop? We don't know yet. Okay. We're trying to see if another label wants to pick it up or if we're just going to do it independently. But we are about to send it to mastering, so it's basically done. Great. So if any labels are out there looking for a hot young band, hit us up. <laughs> um, I don't even know if I necessarily want to be on a label, though. Like, I already did it once. And like I feel like. Being independent. Yeah, I do like it. And it's just another person asked for permission. So it's like. I kind of like the team I have now. I think nowadays, if you just have a good team, you don't need a label. Mm-hmm. Like, I like my manager. I really like my booking agent. I really only need, like, a publicist or something. Mm-hmm. But I like my lawyer. Like, and I like my band. So, I feel like I have a good team. Was that kind of wild, just coming up out of high school and getting all that set up and just hitting the road with that? Kind of, but it's, like, all I know, so it's not it really, of, like... Kind of all fell in place for you? Or? Yeah, it just worked out. Like, I signed the deal, like, the week after I graduated high school. That's wild. Finished my first EP with them this that summer, and then put it out that fall, so... Okay. It's just kind of all I know. Yeah. All I've known, so it's been normal for me. Yeah. And it's funny, though, like, it, sometimes you need people to point out, like, hey, you're, you're, like, you have cool stuff going on. Uh, it's hard when you have, like, a lot of musicians' friends that are always, like, doing other stuff, too, mm-hmm. to be comparing. But it's nice to, like, have the reminder, like, you you do cool stuff. Like, you've done cool stuff. Your life is cool. You need to show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, like, I was talking about it yesterday because I was, like, I'm, we're playing that show in New York. Mm-hmm. I was texting, like, all my friends in New York who are musicians, and all of them are, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in Thailand. I, oh, sorry, I'm touring. I'm in Hungary. I'm, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, rub it in, right? Impossible to get a hold of any of you guys. Yeah. And so, is, have you been outside the country playing yet? Just Canada. Canada? Yeah. That's pretty cool. What Vancouver part? and Toronto. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've been to Calgary, too. But I didn't play. I was just there. All right, so done a lot of traveling. I have traveled, yeah. I'm really lucky to have traveled so much. I haven't been, since, even though I haven't been out of, the, like, North America, I've seen most of North America. Like, I've seen pretty much all of Canada, except, like, the stretch between Calgary and Toronto, which I'm pretty sure is just nothing. Um, and it looks exactly like Alberta. Barren waste. Yeah. And I've seen most of the states, except for, like, the little chunk at the top with South Dakota in it, and then the little chunk at the top with Maine. Like, I haven't seen those little areas, but I've seen most of everything else. Well, that's really neat. It's a lot of driving. <laughs> a lot of driving. I bet the cultures and all that, just, like, getting around different areas, is it... It's cool. Of, is, it, is it hard to get into sometimes? It's like... I think my whole life I've been pretty good at like floating between circle social circles and like different personality types yeah i imagine so going from texas to california yeah so i think it was it's easy for me to like go to a place and kind of assess what the people are like and what they want and need because like on a baseline level most people want and need a lot of the same things to Mm -hmm. be heard to like want to talk about themselves and their story yeah and like be heard and um just love and acceptance and affection and 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 feeling like not judged and so that's really easy if you just apply those four things to like yeah. any conversation that you ever have with anyone you i'm sure you will come yeah. out with at least an acquaintance they don't have to be your best friend but like it you don't have to like be at a weird awkward divide with everybody mm-hmm. even if your culture is different because i've met a lot of different people yeah. living in new york was in, like a very big culture shock um, and then moving, even moving from New York to Nashville, that's been a big culture shock because I'm going back to like suburbia, whitewashed, like neighborhood mm-hmm. where like 
if you're in a minority neighborhood, it's like a very divided neighborhood. Whereas in New York, everyone is just together because it's so densely populated that everyone is forced to be together mm -hmm. and forced to live all in the same like block. Um, like I had like a, a Muslim temple on one side and then like a Jewish center on the other side and like a Catholic church. Like it's yes, crazy. It's all just right <laughs> it's just, Cause there's just no space. Like everyone is forced to be in the same space. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Big old melting pot. Yeah. So, the music scene in Nashville, I've, I haven't been up there to check it out for myself. I've been wanting to go, but I hear that it is going punk. It is, and we are as well. Yeah. Like, tonight we're playing a lot of the new stuff, which is very rock. I won't say it's punk, because I'm not, like, screaming, but it's very rock. And we do listen to a lot of punk. But yeah, there are a lot of great punk bands in Nashville. Mm -hmm. I just met this band. They're called Only. And they're small, but they're, like, a really sick band. The guy, Brian, he, like, plays drums and sings at the same time. Under Oath type thing? Yeah, and, but it's, like, it's so cool. And then there's this new band called Shadow Tones. It's, like, really cool. There's just, like, so many good bands, especially in East Nashville. That's, like, the arts community. I don't li live in East Nashville, but I do go there a lot for shows. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of where all of the arts people live. It's kind of like the Brooklyn of Nashville. Okay. Yeah. You should come up. It's only four hours. I'm telling you, I've, I've got to get up there. I like going to Memphis. Um, I go up there. If you ever want to play a show, I know lots of people that book shows there. Cool. <laughs> we'll link. Yeah. That's my job. I, I In New York, I ran a, a weekly night where I would book bands once a week. Well, that's cool. So I really like doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I like connecting people. Yeah. It was... Did you... Uh, Netflix, sure. Watch some of it? Oh, yeah. All right. Andy we just did Bandit Snatch. Parts Unknown, you familiar with that? Yes, I actually saw him on the street once, and he's a very—he was a very tall man. He was like almost seven feet tall. Yeah, so they just released the last season. You know, he passed last year. Yeah. Um, that Nashville episode—that's what blew me away when he was going through like the different parts of Nashville. I have to I watch like, it. Yeah, because that's what I was like going and I was asking you about the music scene because like what I was seeing on the show is like there's a shift. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel like. There is a really good community there of people that have been doing it for the past, like, five to ten years that are just now getting their chance to be, like, local celebs, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's cool. And they deserve it. Like, a lot of my friends are like that. Yeah. They've just, like, gigged and played in clubs for most of the past five years, and now they're finally, people are paying attention to them. Finally breaking out. Yeah, and it's because they were just ahead of their time. They're playing, like, rock music. They're playing, like, stuff that Nashville doesn't want, mm -hmm. didn't want, and now they do. So it's, like... Sometimes you just gotta keep doing what you're you're doing, and people will catch up to that. You been over to Third Man Records yet? Mm-hmm. My friend works there. But in like the distribution, <laughs> like she just does the packaging. Okay. Yeah. I'd say I, when I go to Nashville, I gotta go there. I'm a huge. Yeah, it's so uh, down over by um, City Winery, yeah. on Division Street, I think. I'd like to go to uh, Easy Eye Sound too. I'm a huge Dan Arbach fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's another really cool studio called Smokestack that Paul Moak works at. It's like his studio, and that's a really sick studio. He went electronic too, Dan Arbach. Yeah, he's just a really good producer. The Arcs. He did one, I can't remember the guy's name, but he did a, a record for this Native American guy who did like traditional Native American music, and Dan Arbach produced it, and it was like so sick. I can't remember the guy's name, but I bet if you search like Native American Dan Arbach, it's like the first thing that comes up. Let's do that. <laughs> Please pause for station identification. Yes, for Google, Google check. Native American. <laughs> Dan Arbach. Why is that not the first thing? I know. Maybe it, Maybe he did it under an alias or something. Link Ray. Maybe. 
Is it's like an album cover? It's just like the guy's face. Let's see. Pull up images. <laughs> it's gonna be a bunch, bunch of pictures. It's gonna be a bunch of pictures of him. Oh well, if you find out, let us know. Yeah, we'll post who it, it is because I can't remember in my brain. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. Bust. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. What else happened in New York? Who, who are some of the other like big run-ins? Or is there any other like oh, man. really interesting stories that just kind of so, happened? So, well, I actually met Darwin. Darwin's like one of my best friends. The guy that I toured with and met Jamie with. Mm -hmm. um, and we just did a huge month-long tour together with our both of our bands. Mm -hmm. But we've toured together solo and we, we, we've done a lot of stuff together. But he was uh, in New York and we that's how we kind of like became friends was like I started hanging out with him when he found out I lived there too. Um, who else? There's def oh I like ran into Mike Snow the guy from Mike Snow at like a bar, it's always at like a bar like they're just out chilling like yeah. in New York there's just no, I feel like people who are famous there they don't really like think that they're better than everyone they just kind of like still go out and go to their favorite places and like take the train like they don't ride around in like a limousine or anything like that right yeah so it's pretty it's a lot easier to run into people there I think yeah. I think um, there's so many people is like you run into and it's kind of like uh, yeah see him and a hundred other people yeah yeah especially in New York where it's like everyone is always doing everything all the time so it's like yeah. most people aren't even paying attention yeah that's why they're ab able to get un under the radar <laughs> yeah it's a place like here someone wants to hear someone was here yeah like, gotta go yeah <laughs> especially with someone like Robert Plant that is so wild yeah that's like I'll never have that again <laughs> ever. Paul McCartney listened to my songs, though. He's, like, friends with the guy who did my first EP. And so when he was showing him how to use this certain software, he, like, used Stick It. And so Paul McCartney heard Stick It. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> my life is insane. Yeah. It's so funny. I met Sun Lux. <laughs> Sun Lux, Arcade Fire, they lived on my street. He's um, tall. Huh? He's tall. Yeah. The lead singer for Arcade Fire? Yeah. Him and his wife live in a building, like, on the street that I used to work on. I worked in a cafe, so, like, I would see them. I lived down in Mobile for a while. We would go up Oh, that's where I was looking at school. The University of Mobile. That's where I went. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to go for violin, and I switched yeah. my mind. There's a lot of great violinists there. When I came Yeah, through, it's a good music they, school. Um, oh, that's cool. They had this, it was called the uh, Welsh Revival, and it was all girls. I think it was, like, two violins, cello. Cool. And they were doing, like... <laughs> Celtic type, it was it was dope. That's so cool. It was really dope. There's bars in New York where if you go, it's like an if there's like Irish bars, they will have like a traditional Celtic band playing. It's pretty sick. Yeah, it's cool music. And those girls were killing it because like one of the violinists, she was a tap dancer too. Huh. And that that was a solo. Oh she my gosh. And breaking it down. What the heck? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was. That, that school has so much talent. Yeah, they came through my school that I went to high school and played. Their band played like at our school to like promote the school, mm -hmm. their school, and that's why I was looking at them because I was like, oh, their musicians are so good. Mm -hmm. I've done the uh, I've done the big choir with them for two years. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was. It's like down on the Gulf, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but while I was down there, we would go over to New Orleans and catch the uh, Pelicans play basketball, and <laughs> the guy from Arcade Fire, he's a NBA fanatic. Yeah. And he was there, and, like, I didn't realize it. Um, buddy of mine, he's like, there's your band. Because we were, like, listening to Arcade Fire on the way up. And yeah. Like, this is wild. Yeah. And he was 
sure enough, I only knew it because of how tall he was. Yeah. So like, he's freakishly tall. He's, yeah. He could be out there on the court <laughs> and just. Maybe he played basketball and that's why he's a big basketball player. Probably so. <laughs> he definitely has the height. Yeah. Fleet Foxes also lived like in my neighborhood. I like them a lot. Yeah. They played the band shell and I went to see them. It's like a venue in the park. That's near, near where I used to live, so. Yeah, lots of run-ins there. They're three or four piece. They're like a ten-piece now. Yeah, like, they have like a whole horn section and everything. A lot of bands Which are going cool. that direction. Yeah. Well, when you get so big, it's like, you're bored. You want to, like, change it up. I get that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's too much, though. <laughs> yeah. Depends. Like, I, I, like, I like the Revivalists. They have, um... They have a couple of songs to where it's just, there's just too much going on. Yeah. But other than that, I'm not going to diss it. Yeah. I like it. Everyone's kind of experimenting, I think, because music is taking a swing back into analog and not electronic anymore. So Mm -hmm. everyone's trying to like find what they want Mm -hmm. and it'll, it'll even out, I think by next year. That's my prediction. (laughs) If there's anything else you want to go over on the show, like maybe how to connect with you on social media or where to find your music or how to get your music just yeah if you're into the internet i've been kind of on an internet not strike but so i hate encouraging people to go online but um yeah if you just search my name it's uh s-o-r-e-n-b-r-y-c-e and that'll show you everything and then um yeah i update my instagram probably the most so just because it's the easiest way to Mm -hmm. talk about shows and stuff so yeah all right, Soren, thank you so much for thank sitting, you. Down, sitting down with me. Sitting down. Sitting down. <laughs> I know, every time I'm here, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to slip into a southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Just, uh, southern. just get the uh, get the savannah, get the, the syrup on your tongue. All right, I'm talking in a southern accent. <laughs> you know it. I used to have one when I lived in Texas, and then it went away. When you got to L.A.? Yeah. <laughs> Particularly vanished. Well, all right. Thank you, Soren. That'll work. Yay! All right. As far as announcements, thank you, Jamie Nettles, for um, contacting Soren and making this possible. And this was the first house show that I had been to, and I was blown away. Being able to get there a little bit early before the show started kind of helped set things up. Uh, meet Soren, sit down to do the podcast, sit down and meet her band, and it was just a good time and it was time to eat continue to kind of socialize with some of the people who were there at the show great crowd um, every, everybody had everything in common it seemed like it was a great crowd and so got to trading stories with uh with the band we talked uh talked a little bit about movies and football and just uh life here in columbus and the metropolis of kennedy and uh, the show kicked off, and uh, Soren and the band had done a great job. It was, uh, it was a great show. And so I uh, highly recommend if uh, you see that she is in your area, go check that out. If you're in the Columbus area, check the Sunstroke House venue out. It was a good time. All right, thanks for listening to the show, guys, and uh, keep on keeping on with that. Share it with your friends. Uh, word of mouth is everything. Till next time. Hoody ho! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.